All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are, episode two of Parents vs. Gaming. I'm here with the Mr. U.S. Bobber himself, Jay Noller. My name is James Ayers. I go by the Gaming Dad on Twitch. And I uh, hope everyone's having a great night, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with everyone in the chats. But let's talk about our week real quick. Uh, I'm obviously coming from a little bit different uh, view. I am coming all the way from Antigua, so I am praying. What's going on with your shirt right now, dude? <laughs> Look. You It is, listen, so I'm all the way in, in uh, Antigua, at Sandals Grand Antigua to be exact. I um, am here doing some business for Sandals Resorts, so I had to host a dinner tonight, a cocktail and a dinner, and then I ran in and uh, ripped out the, uh, convinced them to let me use the ballroom so I could do a podcast. I may or may not have told them what the podcast was about. So I'm here and I, I'm praying that our that this video feed holds up and, and that it that is showing on Twitch and that everyone can hear us. If not, then I you know then I guess we'll just record this later. But uh, Jay, what have you been up to this week? Oh man, you know uh, pretty much the usual with uh, with school. My kids are incredibly excited. Um, when I first moved to Idaho, I was introduced to something that I'd never heard of before, which was the leprechaun trap. And so this week was a big week for my kids. They built leprechaun traps, and uh, we celebrated St. Patrick's Day. And then, of course, uh, coaching the, uh, the uh, arena football team here, the Idaho Horsemen. So pretty busy. But, man, I, I, I didn't wear a collared shirt at all this week. So I feel slightly underdressed just to uh, be on here on this broadcast with you tonight. Listen, you know, I would much rather be dressed the way you're dressed than the than the way I'm dressed. So I'm I'm a little bit a little bit jealous for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know if I even want to ask. Hey James, how is Antigua right now? Were you okay? Did you have a good week, buddy? <laughs> I mean, Antigua it it is beautiful. You know, uh, I've had some time on the beach. You can tell I got a little bit of sun today. I don't have to put on an orange ring light to make myself look tan like I do at home. Uh, the, the pool was amazing. Of course, the swim up bar, uh, I've done some live events and, uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's been pretty fun. Now it's not like our beaches resorts that has an Xbox lounge that I would jump into and get a little bit of gaming in here or there, but, uh, but it has been a good time for sure. Yeah, it's real tough, man. Feel real bad for you. That's uh, that's tough work. I hope you can make it through. Okay. You know, maybe maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get some people to uh, to uh, join our our uh, podcast in the future. Some some guests, and we can get them uh, get them out here to uh, a Sandals Resort and do it from there. Yeah, count me in. Uh, anytime you want to bring me to uh, Antigua. Uh, I am in, man. Any any place in the Caribbean for sure. And in, in a in a month, we will be doing this podcast. Well, I will be doing the podcast from St. Lucia. I know it's going to be really difficult. And then a month after that, one of the weeks will be from uh, Turks and Caicos. Yeah, that's that's real tough, man. Not now, a lot of you know the most important. Thing I don't know I did what it looks like is, in the chat is right one now. Of the mods, cares. One of the mods in our in our in our uh, chat right now, Crash. I actually had to book a room for his wedding this summer, so he uh, he called and yelled at me because I had <laughs> not um, booked the room yet. So I had to do that all the way from Antigua and use some international calling. So that's my own fault for being lazy. Yeah. Well, let's yeah, let's get job. into this. I don't feel bad for you at all. <laughs> Let Let's get into this real quick because I know this is this is probably going to be one of our shorter episodes since I'm out here and I and I don't want to lose uh, the internet feed that we have why it seems to be running pretty good I think everyone can hear us so the main topic this this week is going to be which console is best to buy for your kids now that varies obviously we can kind of get into different age ranges and what you want to do but I definitely want to go kind of go down a, a little bit of a list almost like a poll but but more of a discussion for us when it comes to PlayStation, PlayStation Switch, and Xbox. Those are going to be the main three. Of course, you've you know you've got the the one-offs and the plug-and-plays with the classic consoles, and those are great. But I, I mainly want to focus on the mainstream ones and and what parents are going to have to deal with. You know, what's funny? Some of the some of the guests and stuff that I've met out here. I actually met a mom that has spent the entire day trying to get a PlayStation 5 because her 13-year-old son wants one. And I keep laughing because the internet 
is a whopping 5 over 5 here. So by the time she logs into Walmart or BestBuy.com, those consoles are long gone. You know, I mean, the refresh rate for her is crazy. But let's dive into a little bit. Uh, I'm a big Xbox gamer. I do have a PlayStation 4, but uh, Jay... You're a diehard PlayStation guy, mainly because for some reason you like using that weird controller with the stick side by side. Um, but let's let's start with just basic value. You know, what are you getting for the money that you're putting into it? Now, let's kind of start with you, Jay, on because I believe you've got a little bit of mix of at least the Switch and the PlayStation, correct? Not an Xbox, but you have the other two. Yep, um, and we've also got. Uh... The other uh, system that um, kind of mentioned, because I know you mentioned that kind of the uh, the age appropriateness and kind of the introduction and Correct, everything, yeah. and we've actually got the uh, we've actually got that VTech system um, that actually has a lot of uh, learning games and everything on it. And that's really what my kids got started on was uh, the nice little plug-in. It's got the RCA jacks and everything. It's a really simple system, and that's how they kind of got introduced. But uh, as my son's gotten older, we've definitely gotten more into the uh, the Switch and PlayStation. And then, you know, from a from a gaming standpoint, and I know, James, you are way more into this than I am because I'm more of the, um, hey, look, it turned on. And, like, <laughs> just throw down and, like, let's go. And I know you and especially Crash and um, Shadow. Uh, shout out to you guys for moderating tonight. Um, you know, you guys are... Uh, arguing as we're dropping in on call of duty about refresh rates and megahertz and all of this other stuff. But, you know, for more of the casual gamers, um, you know, I have to say you can't really go wrong with either, you know, either one out of the PlayStation or Xbox genres. And I'll, I'll toss it your way. Cause you're like a walking encyclopedia of refresh rates and screens <laughs> and blah, blah. And you make fun of me cause I play on a big screen instead of a monitor and everything. But um, you know, I'd probably have to toss it back to you. It's like, what do you, what do you notice? Listen, I don't make fun systems? of you. I'm just telling you that your aim would be better. It, it probably would be because my guy's like, whoosh, <laughs> just to be able to uh, engage on somebody. But on the flip side, I can see all the way across the map and I can spot somebody because on my screen, they're like this big and uh, that I'm seeing. So, but I'd actually kick it back to you and see, um, kind of on the tech side of things, well, uh, what your thoughts are. So I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to come at you a little different now when it comes to the younger age kids, I'd say that, you know, console wise, when you're looking at Xbox, PlayStation or switch, I'd say right around the six year old age, I would look at, I think that it seems to be appropriate to, to go to one of the major consoles. I think they start to understand what's going on. Like I said, like you said, you've got the VTech systems and You've got Apple Arcade and a lot of things that they're probably already playing on smartphones or tablets. But as far as, you know, the Christmas gift, the, the, you're finally going to get that console. The six-year-old age seems to be great. Now, one of the biggest things, obviously the Switch is a huge advantage simply because that it can plug into your television or it can be portable. Now, as technology goes a little bit better, you've got, you know, cloud gaming where Xbox clearly is starting to, to corner the market there and... and it seems like they're kind of pushing Google Stadia out of the way. But when it comes to the little kids, a lot of the games that they're going to play, a lot of them, once they start to learn, it's a lot of Roblox right now. You know, it, it seems to be that's one of the biggest things. This is, you know, and, and as they get a little bit older, you know, two, three years later, they start to, their friends start to get into that Fortnite, that Minecraft thing. And, but as far as Roblox goes, that's free to play on all three systems. You know, it, it's a free-to-play game, and I believe there's even a mobile version at this point. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. You may know that. So if you're looking at the younger one, it almost comes down to, in my opinion, if you're going to get them a console, you might also want to look if you're a parent that might want to jump into a game or two, which one appeals to you. And, and as crazy as that sounds, it can be fun. I mean, you typically, the Lego games are great to play with little kids, but those are going to be on pretty much all platforms as well. So again, it comes down to preference and the controller. Now, as they get a little bit older, here's where I step in, and you can let me know what you think, Jay. As they start to venture out away from those free-to-play games, they want a lot, lot of options. Gaming today is not cheap. It is, it is an expensive hobby. And I know when I was a kid, my parents might buy me one game a year. And you had to be sure which game you were going to get, right? Because you didn't want to mess up. So with that being said, I really lean and I push parents with that, 
you know, eight year old and up to the Xbox right now. And the reason that I do that is simply because of Xbox Game Pass. It's it, as far as value, what you can get, the fact that you can, you know, once they learn a little bit, they can use it on their smartphone or their tablet, this subscription service that's very much Netflix like. The value that Xbox brings for $14.99 a month and the 100 plus games that are constant, and obviously not all of them are kid friendly. And in later episodes, we're going to go in and show people, teach parents how to set up parental controls and, and it'll limit the, the library they can get through. But the amount of games and offerings that are going to be additional on top of the, the kid-friendly free-to-play games, I, right now it's really hard to recommend PlayStation or Nintendo for someone that just wants to give their kids the best value. Now, uh, as a parent that I know wants to get a PlayStation 5 for yourself right now, you have kids, I give this argument to you all the time, and, and I know you're dead set on the controller, but do you ever think on the side... Or at least, at least, have you been intrigued to look into it to see what that value is and what it would do for your kids? Well, and really, that's kind of what it is. Is you know, I've got um, for those that don't know, I actually have an entire just massive uh, shelf network here. I'm in my theater room, and it's just nothing but Blu-rays. And you know, I'm a pack rat, so I've still got all my PlayStation Three games. I've still, you know, my PS4. I mean, I've got everything um in physical discs but i mean that's not really the way it's going anymore um you know just just because of what you're talking about is a subscription-based services or uh that type of model where you can just jump into a game play it for a little bit be like eh, and you just toss it and you just move on where um you know not to date myself but i was one of those nintendo christmas kids um not saying that i'm old um, but I am saying that I have experienced that where you get that and you're like, oh my God, Mario's the greatest thing ever. And I remember getting the Mario, uh, duck hunt, uh, oh my goodness. And then the power pad game yeah. where you like ran on it and stuff. And the fact that it had three games on one cartridge was just mind blowing. Yeah. That, that wasn't a thing back then. No, not at all. And that was, I think that was one of the only ones. And then I think a little bit later, I think. Uh, some of the Zelda games came out, and there was and there was two of them. Somebody can correct me in the chat, but um, you know there was there there was a couple of them that have one or two games, and uh, you know just the size of the games you've got now with the open world games and everything else. I mean, I have a an extra SSD drive on my PlayStation just to hold the size of the games, um, you know. And now you're talking about limited memory and everything, whereas a subscription service you can go in, you like it. You download what you need to, you don't like it, you punt it and you just walk away. That's huge. That's going to be really huge. And I think uh, as much as I'm a um, more of a physical game kind of guy, I like having the disc and I like owning it. I really think that's the way the, the technology and everything well, is going to be going is moving forward. definitely trending that way. Obviously, you know, GameStop, oh, yeah. outside of the whole stock thing that just happened recently, trying to surge them to the forefront. It Apes. Ape strong, ape strong, diamond hands, let's go. But but they, you know, they have really struggled over the years. And that, you know, that, at least for me, that was kind of what I grew up. I went into the GameStop and, and that's how I met a lot of friends and that's how I learned about a lot of games. But with the, you know, you, you get your kid a Nintendo Switch and that's great and you get them the Mario game. So you get Mario Odyssey and maybe you get, you know, maybe the, the guy at the store convinces you to get one other. So you get the Zelda game or you get some, but, or the Animal Crossing game, which is great. But then your kid gets bored with it and you've got this three to $500 system that doesn't get played unless you want to go out and buy another, you know, up to $70 game where, and, and, and I don't want to confuse people that are watching this or say, well, it's just another subscription service. I don't need that for the Xbox. That's why I'm going to get a PlayStation Nintendo to play online with their friends. They're still going to need that monthly subscription but for like, it's basically $4 more, $5 more for Xbox to get this massive library of games. Not to mention that any Microsoft game in the future, when it releases, instead of waiting, it, it's available to be played the day that it comes on, out on that subscription service. So your kids, even, even cutting that library in, in a half or even a third, because maybe they're not kid-appropriate, all of them, that's still multiple amount of games that they can burn through before they even start to get bored and then the system's just sitting there. Okay, so I've got a great question for you and I just thought of it as you were talking. 
So you mentioned that, you know, it's only a couple bucks more other than, you know, your, your connection. So like, I think it's your PlayStation plus, um, you know, subscription, uh, on for the, the Xbox version of it. Um, one concern that I have is because of this kind of cutback and you've seen this in the music industry because of this kind of cutback from the physical, there's not as much revenue. The margins aren't as big for publishers. Do you think that that's going to eventually affect the quality of the games? I mean, granted, the systems are always going to be improving. The hardware is always going to be improving. But are we going to get to the point where, you know, you don't want to release, uh, you know, and obviously Modern Warfare and Halo and all of those guys, um, you know, those AAA titles. Are you going to see maybe the AAA titles dial back a little bit and then it's going to be just a bunch of little freemium kind of games? You like. Know, and- and that because is a, that is a big there. concern, you know, with Xbox not having as many exclusive titles as they've had, and uh, in my opinion, Game Pass may have launched a little faster than they were ready to have some bigger titles. You know, the Halo's still not out. Uh, Crackdown Three came out, and it was it was maybe should not have ever existed. Um, <laughs> and, and, and some of their titles are seem to be watered down. There's a lot of people say, oh, it's great for Game Pass. It's great because it's on Game Pass. I couldn't spend $60 on that. So there is, there in the industry, at least you see, whether you're watching IGN or you jump into Game Informer or just the general consensus of, of any of these guys that, that are in the industry, you see that they are nervous that it's going to be a little bit watered down. And I think one of the what you'll see, I think the company that is going to prove that that's not real is with Microsoft's recent completed acquiring um, Bethesda and Zenimax. And by yeah. acquiring Bethesda and Zenimax, if, if they're able to still release their Elder Scrolls and the Starfield is coming out and they are solid and these are still AAA games that we've known to, to, to love from them, then I think that worry starts to go away. But it, but it is, I, I can see your point, and it's definitely been been an argued point multiple times recently. Well, and now we're back to getting loot boxes in every single game, and, you know, your, your pay-to-win and everything else, because with the Game Pass type of model, and I'm sorry that we're, we've kind of gotten totally off track here, but this is just something that kind of came up, is... Um, you know, are we going to see more and more loot boxes kind of, I know the European unions kind of cracked down on it a little bit coming out with that ruling saying that was gambling, but are we going to see more and more of that because, uh, your Bethesda's and your major, uh, your major producers are going to run into, well, well, shoot, I can't get X number of dollars at 60 bucks a copy or 70 bucks a copy or whatever it is. I'm only going to get, you know, Game Pass money, which is this big. I need to make up that extra space because, you know, this was a, you know, $50 million game. But to, I mean, but, uh, but to, to argue your point, obviously, uh, obviously, I'm not, I'm not this journalist. I'm not Jason Schreier that can walk in and, and find every story that he that he wants or, or IGN. And I don't know all the numbers, but I have seen multiple times reported from Podcasts Unlocked and and uh kind of funny games where they have seen where Phil Spencer says, you know, you take a company like Bethesda that used to be multi-platform and now all these PlayStation, all you PlayStation people are now, you're all worried that Elder Scrolls isn't going to be on a PlayStation. Oh, that's on, that's unfair. But when Spider-Man became PlayStation exclusive, that was okay. A company that was already making Xbox games. Now they're making PlayStation and that was fine. But the moment Xbox wants to do that, it's a problem. And, but Phil Spencer has been on record saying we don't need to put these games on other platforms because we make enough with the game pad. So obviously I don't know the numbers. I'm not a professional, but it has been on record where he has said that multiple times. So if that's the case, that has to tell you that they're not worried about selling a $70 game. And, right. and you know, I, I was listening to the podcast Unlocked just a couple of days and Ryan McCaffrey even said that the Xbox was close to basically disappearing when Xbox One launched. That launch was such a disaster. And then, you know, here comes Phil Spencer, and he basically saved Xbox and Microsoft. And he's gone, taken this into a completely different direction. And I think it goes across the board. Like I said, everything since he's taken over, it is family-oriented. 
It is gamer oriented. He's got away from the we want to be the entertainment hub of your entire house to we want to be the gaming hub and we want these games to be played everywhere, including the the um, the controller that they have for uh, I, I can't remember the name of it right now off the top of my head, but you know the the the, the disabled controller that they have that they made that compatible with a Nintendo Switch, a PlayStation, a PlayStation Five that they made that to where it will work on anything. Yeah, and I was actually watching a uh, an adaptive controller. Um, adaptive controller—that's what they call and, it. Yeah, and an adaptive controller, and a uh, a gentleman was actually uh, able to play Animal Crossing off of it. So, I mean, that's huge. I mean, being able to integrate those pieces of technology so everyone can have access to it is uh, is massive. So, uh, sorry, that was totally off track, but it was just <laughs> something that I think. But here's the thing, like, I think it's something that you that we all need to kind of be aware of, like, as we're watching these uh, console wars essentially kind of go on and the battlefields change and they go from place to place to place, um, you know, because right now, I don't think the Switch has any competition when it comes to um, family gaming. And I know I'm a big PlayStation guy, I know you're a big Xbox guy, but I think bottom line is, is for kids and families, guess what? You're getting a Switch. Um, you know, you might eat, you know, an extra $300 in games to get it started to get four or five games going. And then, you know, you jump into that horrific Nintendo eShop and um, try to figure out... Uh, can we just talk about the eShop for a second? Yeah, yeah, as I would love much to talk. As, because this is, this is, this goes into the, the case of, of um, what's the best console to, to, to buy for your kids. Yeah, so what's your opinion the e on the Nintendo eShop? It's <laughs> um, I try never to speak ill about people um, or things or companies that I really enjoy, and I can't begin to tell you how many thousands of dollars I've spent on Nintendo systems um, as a consumer. But man, the eShop's e a little rough around the edges. Um, it's just it's just tough. I mean, I don't know what it is about the eShop. I can't. I can't put one thing on there. I can't be like, oh, this thing should be blue or this should be easier to buy. Um, you know, it's it, it's just not as smooth. And this is a totally UX personal opinion of it. I mean, it's just not as nice as the other ones. The only thing I like is, is it's got built-in videos for the previews on the games, but even those I don't trust because I know it's coming directly from Nintendo. So I think they're just trying to sell me more. Um, you know, so it, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. If if it wasn't for that, it would be the perfect entry level family gaming system. Um, if they would just, I don't know, help me out with the eShop guys. Come on, I, I don't know if anyone's listening, but help me out. I mean, there's there's been some. We can we can kind of go into the chat and chat as as you're watching. If you have any, if someone comes up to you, a lot of you, some of you don't don't have kids, or some of you, you know, you have relatives that have the kids. If if someone comes to you because they know you're the gamer in the family, and they've got whether it's six to eight years old, or let's say six to eight, the eight to 10, and then kind of the 11 to 16 age range, which console are you are you guys referring them to and why? Give me a little feedback on what you're gonna do. And then if you have any comments on the Nintendo eShop, I know Carla's talking about how it's just terribly pricey. And I do feel like Nintendo is is extremely kind of overpriced with some of their things. And over the years, they've also found ways to resell you the same game 350 times, it seems like. You know, here's here's a challenge. And I, th I think I just said it. And, and, and Carla, you're absolutely right. They are, I always say it, they're very proud of their games. And they are very proud of everything. And, um, you know, and for a lot of their titles, they have every right to be. Uh, but here's the thing. There's no competition in portable gaming right now. If you want a console that is handheld, that is portable, that is, you know, we're getting ready to head down to Zion. It's a big, massive road trip for us. Um, guess what? We've already figured out the layout in the back of the truck so that the kids can play Super Mario Kart um, and they can do um, Super Smash Bros and stuff like on the way down. But how far off is me, right now yeah. with xCloud? I know it's cloud gaming, but take, for example, the game Nintendo's, what is it, PlayStation plus or now or whatever you guys have that that you have the downloadable games that's their kind mm -hmm. of competitor to game pass 
you have to play it all streamed. And I think recently they made it where you can download them. But on the console and PC, you can download those Game Pass games and play them offline, albeit not not a multiplayer game. But you can get them and, right. and download them. So how much longer? It's just like uh, Netflix on your phone, right? I, I took a flight and I downloaded a couple of movies to my phone and the Nintendo can do this with some of their stuff too. And it's just got to check in once in a while online. But once xCloud is able to download those games to your tablet or phone and play them offline on a road trip, now Xbox becomes a competitor to, to handheld gaming without needing a handheld system. And, and when that makes the change, how likely are you, as, you know, to recommend to a parent, hey, do you have a tablet? Great. Why don't you go to the store and buy a $60 Xbox controller and subscribe to Game Pass for $15, $15 a month instead of spending $300 on a Nintendo and buying a $70 game? And they're like, well, so I don't need a system? Pretty soon, you're not going to need a system at all. They're, they, you know, there's rumors that they're gonna, you're going to buy a Samsung TV and the app's just going to be on your television. You take a controller and you're good to go. You don't even need the console anymore. I would be really interested to see how the consumer market um, compares. Because, you know, the, really the, the the tablets, the phones, everything like that, your smart devices, they already have their own ecosystem. You've got Android gaming or, uh, yeah, Android gaming. You've got these other ones, um, you know, the um, iTunes store and everything. You've already got people that are there in that area. And essentially what they're trying to do is come in and bully the, um, the those those particular titles. And it's going to be really interesting to see how people do it because once they, they kind of make that transition, I don't, I don't know, like, is it fun to play a game where I set up my little, my, my, my smartphone and then I pull out some giant, massive, oversized Xbox controller because they're all like 16 inches big and they're terrible to play with. And so I'm sitting here with an Xbox controller, like, playing my game or you know if i pull out my slim uh ergonomically built um wonderful feeling playstation controller and you know and i'm playing on a tablet <laughs> um you know it's i don't know because I think now you're gonna blow up got... the chat here in a second with your pitch about <laughs> playstation's controller well you've got because now you've got you've got consoles coming down to a place that's already got a lot of competition, a lot of content built out, a lot of um, different things. It's going to be really interesting to see if that is going to be a selling point or if people go, no, no, no. You stay with console. I've already got all of my um, Candy Crush. I've already got all of my uh, different uh, uh, freemium games uh, on my phone. and." Yeah how big are these games going to be and how much of the game are you going to lose? Keep in mind, I, we mentioned earlier, I got an SSD drive hooked up to my PlayStation right now because these games are so massive. How much are you going to lose as you're trying to come down to an iPad Pro? Yeah, it's true. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. Let's, let's jump over here to the chat real quick and kind of see what they're saying. As far as the Nintendo eShop, I know um, Crash is saying it's it's horrid. Not user-friendly at all. It's not intuitive at all. It's classic Nintendo, though. Hardware is ahead of the game. Software is behind the curve. Uh, what do you think about that? Someone that, that is with the... Probably have bought basically every Nintendo console as your kids have gotten older over the years, I, I'm guessing. <laughs> I have absolutely had one. Like I said, I was a Nintendo Christmas kid. So um, I've had everything from uh, that one to the Power Glove. I've got the Mini Cube here. I've had the Super Nintendo... Uh, which the story I shared last week about shattering the controller into the wall. Um, by the way, uh, my mom did call me on that one. And so we had a great discussion on that. Um, but uh, I'm not know, surprised. I've, I've had them all. Yeah. Um, you know, they've always, Nintendo's always done a really good job. You can make the argument on the the power glove and everything else. Like they were, they're always trying to push on the hardware and what the switch is light years ahead. I mean, the fact that the battery lasts for ever on that thing um you know makes it fantastic and portable and easy easy to um go with and um you know being able to click the controllers in that i mean it's it's really great so um yeah i just don't know who's in charge of the eShop, man i mean that's it's if if i had to give it a score out of 10 it's like a nine out of 10 and that eShop is just killing it um 
and I don't know who designs it. I don't know what they're what they're thinking. Because you really you really um, can't find anything in it unless it's not one of the most. You have recent to know exactly releases. what it's look. Yep, you, you have to know exactly what you're looking for. And that can make it scary if you're if you don't know how to send any kind of parental controls when your kids are scrolling through the eShop. Like like I said last week, there are definitely a few a few games popped in there that, like I said, even Xbox and uh, PlayStation don't allow on their store because they're a little bit more adult content. But I think everyone just kind of assumes, oh, it's Nintendo, it's Mario, and and there's nothing adult on there. But as they've opened up the system, I mean, you've even got Witcher three and things like that going on there that are adult. That's an adult game. Uh, the South Park game is on there and that's a very adult game but it you know those are featured games and they're going to be right there at the forefront if the if you've just got it set where your kid can buy whatever they want or they get gift cards from grandma grandpa aunts and uncles around christmas you're just putting that money on the system and then they they can buy that it's it's hard for them to find what they want or they just start buying things that that they don't want to begin with just because they see something that they that the cover of the game looks really cute well, and it's so funny too because uh, going back to it, like the parental controls on a Switch are super easy to use, super intuitive. Like it syncs right in with my phone. Like I know when my son like logs in. Like I know I can set the the timer on it. It's incredibly easier and actually easier than a PlayStation. And I would assume an Xbox. Um, I'm not sure if Wright is on the chat right now. Um, but he still owes me a PlayStation for beating his ass in um, Warzone. But <laughs> um, if uh, so, uh, I can get him my address if if he needs that. But um, you know, the the parental controls are even super easy. I mean, really, the only thing holding that back is the dang eShop. And, 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 and you know crazy. that's that's what next next week's episode. I think we're going to dive into that when I'm back in the states, and we you know I can guarantee that my internet's going to survive. And I'm not over here at five, <laughs> five over five on my internet speed. Um, we're going to go through, I would love for you to, uh, to patch in your, your switch and we'll go and I'll go over the Xbox and the PlayStation. We're going to kind of go through exactly what, how you get to the parental controls on a system and just the simple things that you can set up and even show us, at least on the Xbox sides, when it comes to the game pass, I can show how it's going to eliminate a lot of that library where, you know, you can see that it's, that it is working. Um, let me jump back over here to the chat. Carla says, I think for young teens and preteens, an Xbox or PlayStation would be your best bet. For individual play, then those would be the best. But for family fun, then maybe a Wii. Le- I think in Australia, they just haven't gotten a, or heard, heard of the Nintendo Switch yet. Um, And then no, Mrs. I, Shadow I, well, says, I agree, Carla. I was thinking the Wii U would be good family gaming or traveling, maybe. So maybe we found the only two people that bought a Wii U. I don't know if you know what that is or you bought that for your kids. It was the system between the Wii and the Switch. Uh, I definitely um, think it got them to the Switch. It almost feels like it was a test with that tablet that they had. Um, but I don't know. I definitely think yeah. the Wii and Wii U may have may have live their lives you know the the Wii is a great um family game if you're not overly competitive and the reason why is i don't know what household you grew up in but me and my dad were throwing the controllers at the wall if we lost in a tennis or golf match right but the problem is is i never thought that the controllers reacted fast enough and i think it was just the technology at the time with the ir and if you know, like if you're bowling and you and you and you go too fast, like the ball doesn't yeah. go. And those similar or, games are, you know, are already, you know, they're they're on the switch. And again, the switch goes in goes into being the ability to use away from the TV. So I think the switch wins over the Wii hands hands down. I I, I would not recommend anyone at this point to go and, and get their kid an old system, especially the Wii, when you could just get them a switch and and have a lot more. Um, let me see. Anyone else? People want to know oh, yeah. if you've touched my a... daughter. What's that? Oh, my daughter and I, we get we get down. My daughter and I, we get down with the dancing games and stuff. On yeah, the just Switch. dance. We just dance still TV. coming up. But keep in mind, you already you already have the Wii. So for anyone that has the Wii, it is fun to jump back into it. But I would, it's not something I would recommend to buy now for your kids. Is what I'm getting at. Oh no, and I and I played on the Switch too. So it's uh, the we definitely notice a better 
coordination with the games and stuff with the switch and you know you're also talking about a game system that's that's you know fairly new also so the technology is always going to be consistently getting better uh let me jump back into the chat real quick and check with a couple of people um Crash was talking about with Backbone, you can turn your phone into a mobile Xbox. I'm assuming he's talking about where you've got the, the systems that attach to the phone and your controller goes right into it. Um, or it's got the, the basically, you can put the sticks on the side of your phone. I, I, I've seen both of those, and I think, I think that he is right. Those uh, can definitely turn, turn your phone almost into, basically, it feels like a Switch. And again... You need to have good Wi-Fi for xCloud and everything, but as soon as, soon as I, I do think those games are going to start to be downloadable, I don't know if it's going to be on a memory card or how much space it's going to take out, and it might only be a few to start, but I can definitely see it trending that way. Um, a lot of Some people want to know, as you keep uh, promoting your PlayStation controller, if you've touched an Xbox controller since the original, they said no, and they assume that you must have very small hands. I have ginormous hands. Um... And, you know, and we, you know what, you and I actually had a huge conversation about this one night while we were playing, um, you know, it's, it's kind of each their own. Like I hated the N64 controller too. Like, I mean, there's just certain controllers that you get into and you just, it, it's just not your style. And I didn't like the N64, even when I was playing Goldeneye, um, you know, it was, it's just not my jam. I've just always enjoyed the uh, the side-by-side sticks. Yeah. Now Carly goes on, and, and she did com- compliment on you. She said the parental controls are great on a Switch, but Master of Shadows comes in and says, yes, they are, but most people don't understand or care to set them up, which, like I said, we can we can make next week's episode about explaining how those, those parental controls can be set up. But it is true. Most casual parent that does not play games doesn't know that these systems even have parental controls. And, and like I said, oh, and we'll, we'll get into that next week, but it is true. There's an app control that goes on there too. I mean, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of really great integrations that they have with the, uh, with the switch to being able to turn stuff on and off. They can't turn it on like during outside of certain hours. It, it, that's great. Let's see. Just dance is available. Somebody said, what's wrong with you? I'm not sure what they were commenting. I'm assuming it's probably you still bragging about the PlayStation. You can tell there's a lot of Xbox and PC people in our chat, but uh, Jay, Jay stays strong. He's got to stick up for all the PlayStation people out there. I, I definitely appreciate that. Carla thinks the Nintendo 64 controller was amazing. Um, I think that's because she's younger and she looks at it as a retro piece of machinery. Um, and not something that we had to deal with. Uh, oh no, he hates the 64. Yeah, they think you're you're crazy because you hate the 64 controller. I will. I kind. I don't hate the 64 controller, Jay, but I definitely lean a little bit more to not liking it, and that's because I probably was just really bad at video games at the time. And do I hold it here? Do I hold it here? Do I hold it yeah, here? Do it I was, hold it yeah, here? Do I hold it, it here? Yeah, you definitely. It was half. Wait, 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 I'm just going to tell everyone right now, and this is the last thing I'm saying on the N64 controller. It was half of a pirate ship steering wheel. That's what it was. It was like the old school, like... But like again, but again, if, if you look back, they were definitely ahead of the curve because PlayStation and Xbox, Microsoft and Sony, they definitely took off of what that 60, N64 controller was and it kind of revolutionized where yep. they, the next direction they went to. Um. So I'm going to come down to it. We, d- we didn't really go through a poll. It was, Carla says it was actually designed for skill gamers, and I don't know why she's using it. Um, <laughs> I've seen her play Call of Duty. Uh, so let me, let me get to it. We didn't really run a poll, but I, I want to know if someone comes up to you, Jay, and, and I know you've got lots of uh, mutual parental friends with kids around your age, they don't know a lot about gaming. They know that their kids may play games with you, your kids when they come to the house. And they say, okay, I'm thinking about getting my kid a system. What's the first one you always recommend to them and why? You know, it's, it's, the, it's the qualification questions, you know. And I always go back to, like, the, my Ferrari example. Um, they walk up, hey, I'm going to drive an amazing sports car. Perfect. Here's a Ferrari. And then they sit in and they go, I don't know how to drive a stick. Like, I mean, you've got to ask those kind of questions is, you know, does, does your kid play a lot? Do they know what they're doing? 
Um, you know, do they like, you know, all these different things about, um, that they kind of look into. And then that's when I kind of guide them in there. Cause you know, for an entry level or someone who travels a lot, I mean, even if I didn't live in Idaho and I lived in New York, I would probably have a switch over a PlayStation because I'm going to play it in the subway on the way to work every day. Um, you know, how important is portability? Do you guys take road trips? Get a switch. Do you guys not take road trips? PlayStation or Xbox, let's talk about titles. Let's talk about, you know, what you want to do. Let's talk about where you're, um, you know, the Game Pass pros and cons and, you know, everything that kind of goes along with that. But for me, really, the Switch is the portability. And I know as a parent, the Switch always stays like 1A and then the other consoles are like B1 and B2. And the reason for it is the portability of, you know, going on a plane, getting in the back of a car, um, not crushing my phone battery um, while they're playing. My, my daughter wants to play ABC Mouse. Um, you know, all those different things. I always kind of have to defer to the Switch. Just if you don't have anything else, the Switch is definitely the way to go as a parent. Um, even with that miserable e-store, you can you know, stumble your way through it and be annoyed and then, you know, never have to deal with it again for another, uh, you know, month or two. But for me, it's always going to be the switch just because of the portability as a parent. I mean, I tend to, to even, even as much as it hurts me, I'm, I tend to lean to that depending on their age. If, if they're already kind of throwing out, we don't really need it for road trips or anything like that. Then I'm almost always, especially as they get to that, I would say 11 and older age group. I'm really going to push the X, them towards the Xbox. And one of the biggest reasons right now, let me tell you, Jay, is the PlayStation 4, and you have to admit this, you're still on yours. It sounds like a rocket ship every time you play Warzone with us. I can hear it in the background <laughs> on your bad headset. It is, it is not really standing up to the test of the time. And with, and with Xbox, the Xbox Series X or S and the PlayStation 5 being so difficult to get right now, Right now, if mm -hmm. someone comes to me and says, I really want one of the, one of the consoles, they, they like to play with their friends, they play Fortnite, they play all these, th you know, they play this, that, and the other. I push them to the Xbox, and the number one reason I do is because they don't need a top-of-the-line system, and the Xbox One S with Xbox Game Pass still holds up, it still runs, it's still a great value, and it's going to be a couple more years before some of these titles become exclusive to the next level, of, to the current gen of Xbox systems, where the PlayStation, you just don't know, even if the PS4 Pro, it doesn't, it's not running very well even with older games. It just doesn't seem to have stood the test of time like their, you know, their PS3 towards the end of its, its system and the PS2 was the same. It definitely stood the test of time. But those upgraded systems that Xbox did, and then when they move right into the next, eventually they can go up to the Series S or the Series X as those, it starts to get harder to play. But, but the Game Pass alone, in my opinion, is just so good of a value as a parent. And, and I know that Parker's only 10 months old, so I can't say he's sitting there playing video games, my son. But a lot of parents that reach out to me because they know I'm big into the video games and I explain that to them, and I get on the Xbox app, and I show them all the different Game Pass games that they can have, their mind is just blown that they don't have to spend 60 to $70 every month on a new game. And especially right. when I explain to them, you know, the games like Fortnite and Warzone, and, and if they're a little bit older, these, these games that they're playing with their friends, I'm like, well, you don't even, that's, does, that game doesn't even cost any money. It's a free-to-play game. They're just mind-blown. But I'm like, but they might get bored and want, their friends aren't on one night. They want to play a, a, a fun little game. And it's, it, just, it truly is, in my opinion, until PlayStation or somebody else comes up with an answer to Game Pass, which you've got to imagine it's going to happen eventually. It just you seem like it feels like it's got to happen, just like everyone kind of jumped on the streaming as you see more and more streaming channels start to take off because Netflix at one point basically was cornering the market. And even with Disney Plus, it's, it's been reported that their numbers aren't even close to catching up. So 
with Xbox being so ahead of the curve and being almost future-proof, even with the last-gen systems, I, I just don't see how a parent can go the wrong that way, especially if you're trying to do something special for your kid right now and you just can't get a hold of one of the newer systems. They're, not, they're absolutely not missing out on anything at all. Yeah, it's you know you can't really go wrong either way, and I, and I do like the uh, the Game Pass just for you know as 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 people are starting out, you kind of figure you know there's you know we've we've got a mutual friend who um, and oh gosh goodness um, she's gonna kill me. What is the pirate game that she's playing that we talk to her about all the time? Um, I would never try that game. Are you talking if about I had to Thank you. Um, goodness, I should know this. Um, <laughs> it, I want, I watch your stream it all the time. Like I should know this. Um, like here's the thing because of a game being on that game pass sort of style where you can jump in and out of games, I would try sea of thieves. If I had to spend $60 on it. Nah, keep watching. Like, I'm not going to try it. Like, I'm not going to get involved in it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try it out. I'm not going to, um, to do anything. So I do like the fact that, you know, it's like Netflix, like you jump into a series, uh, this crime drama isn't really going for me. Mark Wahlberg's not, not hitting the, the notes that I was hoping he was going to. I'm out. And you just push it off to the side and you go back to the office. True. And or if you don't you like it, if you don't like it, it's okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't get that feeling of like, uh, Oh, that was, that was a date. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get that, that kind of like, but that buyer's remorse, you're just like, delete and you move on to the next game. Okay. Now, before we say goodbye to everyone, I know we like to end on uh, kind of a little story from our, from our childhood. So uh, Jay, what kind of story you got good or bad kind of gaming story from that had to do with your parents and uh, don't forget, next week we will definitely jump into understanding the parental controls of the three main consoles and, and how to set them up. Um, but as far as your story this this week, Jay, what do you, what do you got for us? So um, I think people appreciate uh, because I am a, a football coach. I coach at a professional level. I coach at a high school level. You know, for the most part, other than when I'm on doing silly things with my friends. Pretty serious, pretty locked up, but so I, I like to share funny stories from my kids about how weird of a, of a little kid I was. So as I mentioned earlier, and I, I remembered this story as I was talking about it, I had a power glove. And then I would play like Rad Racer with it. I would have, you know, and everything. And, but as annoyed as I am, as I got older with the Wii and the infrared and it not reacting fast enough and everything else, I got bored. I got tired of it. I stopped playing it. So what I did was I cut the cord off of it and I would walk around pretending I was like a robot with this like power glove. And so I was using the Nintendo power glove as like a dress up piece and stuff. And so I would take it to school thinking I was a badass because I had this little like robot hand arm thing. Um, yeah. So wow. You know, we we yeah, we can't be we can't be we can't be Van Wilder all the time, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> here's a funny story, and you know, uh, and and about a month or so, my um, parents will be visiting, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have my uh, father will be a guest on our podcast, and and uh, we'll we'll get to learn a few things. Now, this is a guy that uh, would buy a video game system. And then he would go through his phases of hating him. Like last week, I told you how he he was so mad the Xbox wouldn't break that he smashed it with a sledgehammer. So I will never Am I allowed forget. to bring that up? Oh, am I, yeah. Am we I can allowed definitely, to bring that up? We can definitely bring oh, okay, that up good. for sure. So good. Good. <laughs> there, let, let me give you a little backstory. I got my Nintendo system. I must have been probably eight or nine years old, and I got it with Super Spike V-Ball and World Cup Soccer. And, I, you know, I'm a soccer player, so I, I thought this was the greatest game of all time. But like you, like, <laughs> I had those two games. That was basically it. So here we are. My dad's so excited. He, he, he teases me a little bit. He's like, yeah, there's this brand-new game coming out, state-of-the-art. It's going to be one of the greatest games of all time. Now, keep in mind, back when you and I were younger, 
there's social media wasn't everywhere, right? So you had your Nintendo Power magazine, and yes. that was basically it, right? So you got your updates in that once in a while, but you didn't couldn't just pop onto Google and, and learn what's going on in the world. So my dad is super excited, in and out of Toys R Us. For those of you who don't know what Toys R Us is, was a kid's store that doesn't exist anymore. Rip. Um, so he comes home, greatest present. He's got it all gift-wrapped. And I also want to, to remind everyone, I played this game for probably six years, off and on, but like for hours at a time on a Saturday. And this is my dad's greatest achievement of the greatest game he ever bought me. Can you guess what game I'm about to tell you, Jay? If you had to guess. What, did you ever beat it? God, no. I have no idea how the game even worked. Oh, no. I, I got nothing. E.T. My dad do you still, bought me... Do you still have it? It's in a box somewhere. But my father bought me E.T., and thought he was the bee's knees until I saw that documentary about how E.T. almost crashed the entire video game industry when next time he comes up to visit me in Frisco, Texas. Now, I actually live right next door to the video game museum, the National Video Game Museum. I cannot wait to take him in there because there's a whole display about E.T. and how it was hands down the worst game ever. But he walked around like he was the greatest father in the world. And I guarantee you right now, he still does not know that he purchased me single-handedly the worst video game of all time. My favorite story about E.T. is if I remember correctly, they actually dug a hole at and a buried, landfill. Yeah. And buried thousands of copies of it and just buried it and just walked away like it was radioactive waste but you know as a kid and and not have someone says that explains why you're so bad but maybe it's true because as a kid i only have three you know two or three games i had that i had blades of steel and rbi baseball you know i'm at sports games but i played et every day and i would just get ragingly mad at it but to tilt to today i have no idea how that game actually works or how to beat it and See, I bet and you, you had I game, put probably 500 hours as a kid into that game. The best part is if you had Game Pass, you just would have deleted it and just moved on. Correct. Correct. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Someone said condition from young age would be terrible at gaming. Wow. Thanks a lot, Carla. <laughs> I appreciate that. With that being said, everyone, thank you so much. This was episode two of Parents vs. Gaming. Don't forget that, that uh, next week... It's coming out. Uh, E.T. was on Atari, not Nintendo. That is correct. That is my bad. It was an Atari game. I did have an Atari. Got my Nintendo, but that was that. I still had my Atari, even though I had a Nintendo and had those three games. At at the time, with the overlap there, I, I the, getting the getting the E.T. was was one of the greatest things that he thought he had ever bought me. So, but thank you everyone for coming out. My name is the Gaming Dad. This is U.S. Bob or Jay Noller. And uh, we hope to see you guys next week. See ya.